Welcome to Lambs to Lions. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. But I entitled this, uh, What Are You Waiting For? I'm pretty sure I've used this title before. It's a question, yes. What are you waiting for? Um, I don't know about you, but I'm not really good at waiting for others. Okay, that's my first confession. I'm still working on that one. Like personally, the flesh, not really good at that. We know that patience is one of the fruits of the Spirit. And without the Holy Spirit, I'd be lacking many things, not just patience, love, joy, uh, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those are all fruits of the Spirit, right? And I don't know if you've ever waited for something, or maybe you're still waiting for something so long that you start giving up. You're like, okay, well, maybe it wasn't meant to be. Maybe it wasn't for me. And you wonder if that person or that event that you long for is ever um, going to even take place, right? You know, the Israelites... Uh, they knew what they knew what it meant to wait, right? Uh, they were waiting for the coming of the Messiah. There were there were prophets, there were scholars, there were kings, there was even astrologists that were looking and waiting for the coming King of the Jews. And as a kid, waiting for Christmas was tough. As an adult, a little better now. It's still a little tough though. I get excited about um, the gifts that my kids are going to get now. Not so much the gifts I'm going to get. But, you know, I'd be counting down the days until I got to open my gift. And it's hard to be patient in the present. Would you agree? Especially when you've been promised a gift. That gift is coming. Some of you have been prophesied over, spoken over. Uh, you know, you have destiny and you're like, Lord, when? When, Lord, is it going to come to pass? Um, you know, we opened up gifts last night, uh, our family gathering, and my son Logan said something that was quite witty yet quite smart, and I'm pretty sure he turned to Max and he said this. He said, the best gift that you are given is the present. That's what Logan said. He said, the best gift that you are given is the present, meaning the time that you have right now, this moment. We don't know what the future is going to bring. We don't know how long we have together, and we don't gain anything about worrying about tomorrow. What does Matthew 6.34 say? Uh, it has enough worry of its own, right? If we could get better at just enjoying the now while waiting for the then, maybe we'd experience joy and happiness and instead of expecting that happiness is somehow based on happenings. Am I speaking to someone this morning? Okay. So what do we do while we wait? That's my question. What do I do? That'd be a good one to write down because it's not in your notes. What do I do while I wait? Although there might be similarities amongst us in, in, in the calling that the Lord has over us in making disciples, the what is, it might look a little different than the person on your right or on your left. So the first couple of verses I want to go to is that, you know, first one, the 222 is such a cool number. Hey, Andrew. 2.22. So when the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him, Jesus, to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord. Consecrated means to, to make or declare sacred. This is sacred, right? To set apart for the service of God. 
right? To, to, to vote to a purpose in a very specific, sincere manner. The Hebrew word, and somebody brought this up last week. I don't know if it was you, Jason, but is kadash, kadash. I don't know if I'm saying that right, K-A-D-O-S-H, Kadash, which me which also means um, uh, to sanctify, to dedicate, to concentrate, holy. Kadash. It's cool, eh? You, you don't know the purpose of something, you'll abuse it. Uh, Exodus 13, 12, and, and reference in your Bible is probably in the subnotes there. And this was the law. It says that you are gi- you are to give over to the Lord the first offspring of every womb, every womb right? All the firstborn males, even of your livestock, come on, belong to God. It's not just what's in the house, but it's what's in the field. We learned about that, right? When Joseph was was in Potiphar's house, the house was blessed, so was everything in the field. And we think, well, I'm just going to give to the Lord my Sunday. No, 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 no. You give him the first of everything, the first of everything. You know, he wants it all. Why? Because he wants to bless it all. Uh, in the Hebrew word, uh, carries it with a sense of hopeful and expectation. In the midst of hardship, we look to him as he is the one who works all things together for good, right? Romans eight twenty eight. So my first point that, that I want to share with you is first, we wait upon the Lord. Okay, let's talk about that. That's the first thing. What do we do while we're waiting? Well, we wait upon him. You know, you might be thinking you're waiting for your wife to get the shopping done. You might be waiting for, I don't know, your kids to get their work done. What's your job? Your job is to wait upon the Lord. One of my favorite verses, Isaiah 40, 31 says, but blessed, right? But those who wait upon the Lord will what? Renew their strength. They will mount up on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. In context, yes, it actually literally means to wait. However, the term is also used to serve, like a waiter would wait upon you. And, and the Lord led me to Matthew 11, 28 to 30 this week. It was beautiful. We had a lot of opportunities to minister to people that were not part of the church, that came into the church. And uh, they said, you know, well, we're not about religion. We say, neither are we. You know, if you want to talk about True religion is taking care of the orphan and the widows, and that's exactly what we're doing right now as we're serving them. How many widows were coming in? How many single moms were coming in? How many orphans came in and we were taking care of them? But I said, you know, we're about relationship. Everything hangs off relationship. And I actually quoted this in Matthew eleven twenty-eight to uh, uh, 30 of the message. It says, are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you will recover your life. I will show you how to take a real rest. Now it says it, watch this. Walk with me and work with me. Jesus says, I'm going to teach you how to take a rest, a real rest, but it involves moving, and it involves serving me, and it involves serving others. He says, watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. But it doesn't just mean sitting. It means serving. Right? There's a time to sit, and there's a time to serve. What else do we do while we wait? Our service is an act of worship. We were made to worship God. We were made to serve him, and we were made to 
serve others. And in doing so, we express our love for one another. Jason, thank you, by the way. I, I don't know if you noticed Jason coming in. The reason Jason came in last is because he was taking care of other needs behind the scenes, you know, for us. And so thank you, Jason, for, for doing that. Verse 24 says, and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves, or your version might say two turtle doves and a partridge, no, (laughs) or two young pigeons and a pigeon in a pear tree. (laughs) Still working to get on the choir. Haven't made the audition yet, but uh, Leviticus 12 verse eight says, um, but if she cannot afford a lamb, check this out. It's in your subnotes. Read your subnotes and then go to Leviticus. It says, but if she cannot afford a lamb, she is to bring two doves or two pigeons, one for a burnt offering and the other for a sin offering. In this way, the priest will make atonement for her and she will be clean. Wow. Let's talk about waiting and how it requires sacrifice. Waiting requires sacrifice. It requires giving of your time and your possessions. The sanctification process requires sacrifice, laying down our best so that God can bless the rest. Mary was, you catch this, right? Mary was already bringing in a lamb, the lamb of God. Jesus was called the lamb of God. And her sacrifice showed that that they were poor because they gave a pair of doves. Doves, which also symbolize the Holy Spirit, right? But we just read in in the scripture in Leviticus, if you couldn't afford to bring in the lamb, bring in the doves. Oh, you can go back, Pastor. It's okay. In Leviticus 12. But so here she is bringing in the lamb of God, and yet the place they're at they can only afford doves. And so this was, a, again, a symbol of the Holy Spirit. But Paul would later, this reminds me how Paul would later challenge the Macedonian church. I don't know if you remember this. Maybe you're hearing it for the first time in 2 Corinthians 8 to 9. And he says, I'm not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. Check this out, verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, right? He's king of kings, lord of lords. Although he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that through his poverty we might become rich. I know for some of us, it's hard to relate to the rich, but I can relate to the poor. But I can also relate to the rich in spirit when I have Jesus in my life. If you're asking yourself, and that's one of the things I did, well, what about the gifts from the wise men? (laughs) But biblically, scholars believe that the Magi would have come after the presentation of Jesus at the temple. Herod first heard about the birth of Jesus because the presentation at the temple had previously taken place and it had been public by Anna, which we just read in Luke 2.38. And we know the wise men came searching and they came before Herod and then, you know, let me know so that I may too go worship. But he didn't want to do that, did he? Nah, he wanted to take him out. 
that's another message in itself. When you, when you make your dream known, when you make your calling known, yes, you know, the Lord is behind you. He is for you. And if he is for you, then who can be against you? But know this too, the enemy knows your calling and he'll do anything he can do to kill the dream, to kill the destiny. That's what Herod was trying to do. My point is that in waiting and wanting, we must be willing still to give God our best. In waiting and wanting, we must be willing to give God our best. Once we receive the gift, once we receive that gift, we receive that promise, we must be willing to first give back to God what he has given to us. You may see yourself at times poor and having little, but in reality, you are blessed by the gift of God. And we've all been given the same gift. Ephesians 2, 8 says, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not for your, for your, from yourselves. It is from the gift of God. So here's the thing, though, that keeps coming up. If we get caught in the comparison trap or we see what we lack, um, when you are waiting, remember this. Remember when you when you feel like you're getting caught in that comparison trap and like, oh, I don't have it yet, or why do they have it and I don't have this? Remember, excellence is doing the best with what you have, what you've been given. You know, we all have different talents the Lord has given us. We don't want to bury them in the sand. We want it to multiply. And sometimes we're looking in for that next talent, that next blessing to come in. But he's saying, what are you going to do with what I gave you? Right? And we know that little is much when God is in it. We also know laziness is doing just enough to get by. That is the definition of laziness, doing just enough to get by. So use whatever the Lord has given you so that you might give back the best that you have to give to both God and to others. Let's go to verse 25. Is this still good? Okay, it came really early this morning, so I hope it's still Holy Spirit make it make sense. So um, we're going to read more um, about Simeon, and then we're going to focus on a, a specific verse, verse 27. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem. Oh, can I come back to that? Okay, absolutely. We can leave the question to the end. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was on him. Verse 26 said, it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Now, verse 27, moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the, when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was custom of the, the, the law required. Simeon took him, Jesus, in his arms and praised God. Can you imagine? Wow. <laughs> Saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel, for everyone. Simeon, the Hebrew, uh, in Hebrew, the origin means he has heard. He has heard. He, God, has heard. 
So let's take a look at that verse 27. Moved by the spirit, he went into the temple courts where his parents brought in the child that Jesus, Jesus to do for him what was custom of the law required. The third point I want to talk about is waiting requires doing God's will. Waiting requires, after we wait, we must move. The Holy Spirit is the presence of God working in us. And Jesus said in John 14, 16, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. And Jesus said just before in verse seven, he says, but very truly I tell you, it is good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And this was after Jesus had died for our sins, been resurrected, revealed himself to others and was about to go back to heaven. You see, the Holy Spirit is what leads us. The Holy Spirit is what guides us. Moved by the Holy Spirit. How many moves have we made that weren't Holy Spirit led? <laughs> More than I could put on my one hand, just so you know. But success leaves clues that says moved by. <laughs> Rick did this. This much. <laughs> Thank you for your honesty, right? Moved by the Holy Spirit. You know, when the disciples were told to go and wait for the coming of the Holy Spirit, remember they waited in the, in the upper room, they casted lots. Did you know that? And it wasn't in, in, until they were in one accord that the Holy Spirit showed up. But guess what? They didn't remain stuck in the upper room when the Holy Spirit showed up. Let's just stay here and enjoy this Holy Spirit moment and not go anywhere from here. No, 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 no. They went out. And in Acts 2, uh, 38 to 41, Peter replied, this, this gives me goosebumps. Okay, this is all in reference to context and the move of the Holy Spirit. This is what happened when the Holy Spirit came upon them, right? He, he replied, he says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy, Holy Spirit. This promise is for you, your children, and for all, thank you, Jesus, who are far off. For all who the Lord our God will call, with many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourself from this corrupt generation. Verse 41, those who accepted this message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Ryan, can you reach into that basket and just go grab, grab me a candle? You know, we've been celebrating the, the season of Advent and historically, every candle has its, thank you, sir. Every candle has its meaning. And I don't know if you guys already looked up what candle uh, today is, but it represents peace. There it is. How many of you could use more peace in his presence? Sometimes when we get, we get moving, we're overcome by emotion. And we need to realize that, number one, when we move, we move where the Holy Spirit leads us to move. We go where God calls us to go. And we know in Hebrews, he has called us to gather all the more in this season as the days approach, not to neglect it. He's called you into this house. It's not by coincidence. Some of you think like, well, did the Holy Spirit lead me here? Absolutely. 
Some of you came just strictly out of obedience, a pulling on your heart. And so if today's candle is peace. I, I just wanted to leave this takeaway with you. Would you men stand with me? And that is this, is as we wait, <laughs> and as we wait with patience, we can have peace in his presence. Jesus said, in this world, you will have troubles. But you can take heart. You can take heart, for he's overcome the world. He offers you a peace that this world cannot give. A peace that surpasses all understanding. And he is the Prince of Peace. He is the light. And if we have the light, we will never walk in darkness. The verse that I want us to meditate on this week is that Isaiah 40, 31. But those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, thank you again for your word today. Thank you for these mighty men that have shown up. And Lord, we know you always show up. Lord, we know that we that you are never far from us, that you will never leave us nor forsake us. And if it ever feels like that we are far from you, you have never left, we maybe just went away from you. And Lord, we ask that you would draw near to us now. Holy Spirit, that we would move according to your will, to your way. We thank you for the generosity of this house. Lord Jesus, for those that you are opening the floodgates of heaven for kingdom builders, for fathers, for brothers. Lord Jesus, for leaders in this community and in this house. Lord, we know we are waiting and we are already receiving the gift that you have to give us. Lord, may we be faithful stewards of it. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the abundance of the year 2023 that we get to step in and step over that threshold. I believe for many men, it's going to be a threshold that they step over. They've been waiting, and then you're ready to bless them now. Lord, we submit our works now to you, knowing that you will establish our ways. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tuning in today, and thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time.